0: Most of us want to build our professional networks, but how effective are we at doing this online? Today, I speak with Lynette Young, who will inspire us to do better. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode number 82. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stehoviak. This is a weekly show that helps smart people improve their communication and leadership skills. And one piece of being more effective in communicating and leading is having a strong professional network that each one of us builds in order to be able to influence the world more effectively to be able to open up career opportunities for us and also to be able to help us serve the world better through the resources and through the great relationships and connections we have. And one of the great blessings that I've received from my network and continue to receive is the ability to connect others and to help other people to benefit from my connections as well. And so I am thrilled about This week's topic, which is how to attract and maintain a professional network online. And I have had a little bit of success with this in the last couple of years and starting up this show and beginning to build a little bit of a following online, but nothing like some people have been able to do in the online world. And someone that I learned about about four or five months ago is Lynette Young. Lynette is the writer of the book Google Plus for Small Business. And I heard about her when reading another book on Google Plus by Chris Brogan uh, back in uh, November, December timeframe. And the thing that's cool about Lynette is I started following her on Google Plus. She just says some really smart things. She, uh, She knows what she's talking about. She knows her way around the network really well. And she has a million and a half people who follow her. There's not a whole lot of people. In social media that have that kind of a following. There's very few people on the planet who do, actually. And so I thought it would be really insightful to sit down with her and talk about what she did, how she did it, and what are the kinds of things that we should be thinking about as leaders if we want to grow our social network. And I was pleased to be able to talk with her about a week and a half ago. So here's my conversation with Lynette Young. I'm pleased to welcome Lynette Young to the show today. Lynette is with Purple Stripe Productions and is a social tech specialist and is also the author, most recently, of the book Google Plus for Small Business. Lynette, welcome to Coaching for Leaders.
1: Well, thanks so much, Jay, for having me.
0: Tell me about your work and how you first got attracted to social media and and in particular, Google Plus.
1: Uh, social media was actually a pretty natural extension for me. I've been in technology since 1989, and the, that was all enterprise corporate. And getting locked away in server closets for so long kind of makes <laughs> you crave for human intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: can imagine.
1: Contact. So, right around the whole crazy Y2K, the sky is going to fall because oh, the I
0: remember is that, changing. You know.
1: I kind of threw the towel in and said enough is enough. Um, I'd also had a child in 2001. So I was like, you know, I I was kind of more used to um, not the rat race of working um, in finance and pharma, which is what what there is an abundance of in the New Jersey area where I am. Hmm. So I made the jump. Uh, My husband has been self-employed and owned his own business well before he met me. So I had a, um, a mentor, at least in him. Oh, cool. So with that I decided to kind of go outside the firewall and blogging was just coming up. I had started blogging internally and for my in companies and, and for myself in 1997. So I was familiar with the technology that people always requested, um, Marcom and, and PR companies you know and internal communications in, in uh, large firms. So I decided that I wanted to do it for myself. Um, so kind of that was my dipping my toe into the exposure. Um, but I've been in uh, an early kind of geek on a lot of things. I started podcasting in 2004.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That was so, really early. I mean,
1: I actually remember the conversation of when we said, what should we call this thing? And
0: uh.
1: it was a long time ago. So I kind of jump in early only because the technology excites me and I like the shiny and the bells and the whistles and I like to break things to see how they work, uh, which kind of makes me natural for social media. So I've just kind of ridden the wave along through it, through some crash and burn, really bad things. Maybe second life wasn't such the best choice, but um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: stuck with it all the way through Google Plus.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I know a lot of folks, and and you know, I've uh, I've not worked in the technology industry, but I've always been fascinated by technology, uh, like you and, and many people in technology and new media companies really get social media. Um, but I find that a majority of uh, still my Professional network and even the community of this show is still not doing a lot more than perhaps having like a passive presence on LinkedIn and maybe they've connected with a few friends on facebook but um, but they haven't really they don't really have a social media presence so I'm wondering what the benefit is to leaders of having a stronger social media presence
1: well, I think it kind of goes twofold and I have to say that my uh, Not that my opinion is tainted from this, but my opinion is probably clarified a little bit because I just started reading Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, the COO Mm. of uh, Facebook. Yeah, I saw that. uh, Some of the things that she writes about clicked for me as far as putting it in words or eloquently that things that I felt for decades of working, gender aside. And I think a lot of what it is, is leadership roles is your responsibility is to... um, be a good role model and lead the groups and lead the, the masses into success, right? Hmm. When you use, and if you use social media in the aspect of your business, it's easier to kind of deal with it third party, like my team or the business, something segregated from yourself. But social media is so narcissistic
0: hmm, that yeah.
1: I, I feel that a lot of people that are in leadership positions have a hard time switching from we or they to me. And that makes it them feel like they're putting the spotlight on themselves instead of their team, which is th- what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. as a leader. Uh, so I kind of see this, and it's funny because you would think the higher up a person is, or the more leadership experience or um, natural uh, aptitude that they have for it, that they would be um, self-promoting. But that actually seems to work the opposite, and from what I've seen. Um, people that want to get aspire to get to these positions of either um, personal success or leadership success, they, they're hungry for it, so they have to market themselves as much as possible. But when they're there, they're so busy worrying about the we that being self-centered and pushing yourself and marketing yourself on um, places like LinkedIn or Facebook seems just so self-centered that it's a hard year to switch, I think.
0: Well, that's so interesting. I hadn't really thought about it in that context before. When you think about it, though, you really don't see a lot of very senior people in large organizations engaging on social media. There are some notable exceptions, but uh, but that's a really interesting way to look at it.
1: Just observations from you know all angles.
0: Yeah, yeah. In your experience, what's the biggest thing that keeps people from engaging online?
1: <clears throat> I actually have to say it's twofold. One is the fear of failure or public failure. If you fail and you're alone, no one sees, you can kind of get yourself up, dust yourself off, and move on. Mm -hmm. But online, everything, you know, the internet is forever. It's a little scary that there is a fear of not doing it right, not participating right, um, of getting, um, having to deal with uh, negative instances or situations that you may not have just heard before. And I think that the other is... There's this, and when I work with women professionals, this is something a, th- a common theme that it's not said so much in words, but I I, I can see from the conversations that we have that there is a fear a fear of being overlooked or not neglected, but of just passed by. Mm. So you know when you're going out there and you're you're putting c- conversations and information and trying to curate yourself as a thought leader online and you're shouting into an empty forest. you know, like, where does that say? And I think that that's a big fear as well, too. Um, I see that with uh, either professionals, leaders, or companies that are looking to go from one platform to the other. Like when Google Plus first came out, Mm -hmm. people that had enjoyed uh, uh, robust and large and very profitable in whatever way they they determined that. Facebook um, interactions, when they went to a new platform, they had to start from zero and they didn't like it. Um, and I've, I've seen that when people go from one to the next to the next, that they kind of want to bring their entourage with them. And starting from scratch and not being accepted at the same levels that you've built up in other circles is is very stressful, I think, for some people.
0: Well, and that's actually a perfect segue to my next question too, which is that I think a lot of people, at least that I know, hesitate because they don't necessarily know where to start and t- how to take that first step. So. If someone's starting off and they just have maybe a passive presence online, what's the best thing for them to do to just start building a network?
1: I kind of think of it as a little bit opposite of what you would do in real life. In real life, you wouldn't wedge yourself into a circle of a conversation at a cocktail party. And I think that you have to do it online mm. because no one is going to extend a handout and say, come on, join the conversation. Come over here and talk. They're really not going to seek you out. You have to go and seek them out. So most major social um, media platforms, Facebook's um, graph search has just come up. That's another amazing opportunity. Google Plus, of course, is you know backed by Google, so they have amazing search ca- capabilities. But to search for the types of things that you are interested in talking about, mm. and. Maybe coming in as um, not the top of the game, but you know, somewhere where you can still have a little bit of wiggle wiggle room to aspire to maybe help and mentor other people, if not just by the conversations that you have. But if you search those keywords and then join those conversations, leave comments. Um, in the book that I wrote, uh, Google Plus for Small businesses, I have kind of a a cheat sheet execution plan at the end to kind of help you systematically break into the network. Oh cool. And in that I suggest things like uh setting up searches, saved searches in any platform this will work that you can go in and things that you either want to be known for or that you already are known for that you want to grow. Search for those terms, see the people that are having those conversations. Mm. Make a point to plus one or like or whatever the the social function is in the platform you know, some kind of positive affirmation to those people. Um, because as they see you in there and participating in their conversations, they're going to be much willing, more willing to participate in yours. Um, sadly, a lot of people feel that social media is um, like the web was of the late 1980s and early 90s. If you build it, they will come. And that's not the case, that people really need to see that you have an interest in them first. It doesn't have to take any more than a half an hour once a week to get started. But I think that you do have to be purposeful in your um, participation online, and seek out not crazy cute cat photos and you know things <laughs> like that that may you know be like a decompression time. I see Saturday night on Facebook is really big for that and stuff like that. But I think that if you you um, time box yourself out and say I'm going to give myself 30 minutes and these are the four things that I'm going to search for people having these conversations, people asking these questions, and then I'm going to contribute to those conversations. I think that's the best way to start, not just a following, which is important, but not great, but starting another community for yourself on the platforms. Mm,
0: Good advice. You're a member of what I consider to be a really elite club of people on the internet who have over a million followers on a major social network. I think you have a about a million and a half followers on Google+. And I was just curious yesterday as I was preparing for an interview, uh, who's in company with you with about the same number of followers? And uh, so Katie Couric, Mariah Carey, LeBron James, William Shatner... You really are a celebrity. Wow, really? on Go- yeah, yeah. You're really I don't make
1: as much money as they do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, I mean, you really are a um, you really are a celebrity on Google Plus. And so I'm wondering, what did you do that attracted so many people on the network?
1: Oh, see, this is a sticky subject for me. Um, some would say it's because I was literally in the platform four hours after it was released to private beta.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And the claim is that I was first in, so I naturally, you know, there's no there's no one in there, so there was no one else to follow but me. Um, I will vehemently deny that, and I have the charts and the statistics to, to, to prove that. Um, you know what? I got in and I talked a lot. I went into different communities that really had nothing to do with me or my personal interests i like photography as much as i could do it on my iphone mm-hmm. and i would go in and there's these vibrant vibrant communities of photographers and i would go in and have conversations with them
0: hmm.
1: and it's sort of the same idea that you would have in real life you wouldn't you know introduce yourself to someone to say oh what do you do for a living i'm a dentist all right i don't have a toothache and turn around and walk away from them mm-hmm. you're interested in people not their professions. Um, So I just made friends with everyone. I jumped on video hangouts with people. I shared as much expertise as I could. And because it wasn't a first... It, it wasn't my first rodeo, basically. I had been one of the very first users in Twitter. My my original Twitter handle, Biz Stone himself, set up for me manually.
0: Oh, um, wow. So, Who's
1: you know, the, who's I'm the in founder there of Twitter, for those of I you who don't know? I didn't have that many followers in Twitter, even though I was in there like, at, you know, hour zero kind of thing. Um, it's just that I went out there and I talked to every single person that I could. And I very, I, I tried to keep a lot of plates spinning. And it was exhausting in the beginning. Um, they also, Google plus also had for a little while, I think they still have it, something called, um, featured users or something like Twitter has that. Mm. And they put me on that for a little bit for, um, women leadership, which I was completely flattered and blown away with because I think Oprah was on that same list.
0: Oh, wow. Um, Neat. So
1: it's, it's a subjective thing. Um, people aren't going to follow you on a network just because other people follow you. They're going to follow you because they click on your picture or hover over your name and they see interesting conversations. Um, so other people were put on that list and were self-promoting the whole time, and they didn't gain the followers that I had. Um, I don't believe that I'm still on that list because um, Google um, rotates it out, which is kind of nice. And they'll put real famous people on, like Shaq, and then they'll put um, kind of locally internet famous people on. Uh, like, I think I qualify in that group now. I'm not quite sure. If I go to the grocery store, no one knows who I am, so it's Okay. Um, Which is it probably just a good. <laughs> matter of going out there and talking to everyone. Yeah. And some people would say, well, you know, those photographers or those artists or those authors aren't your target customers, so I don't want to follow them. But in the history of my profession, I have gotten the best referrals from people that came out of the blue like, oh, did you know that my sister-in-law is the COO of some big, huge bank or something? And, oh, you know, the connections come. You just have to be human more than you have to be data-driven, I think.
0: I love the distinction between looking at a person online as a person and not just looking at a person's profession or their area of expertise. And yeah. I, I, I see this as well. I think that's some a big thing that people miss is they forget that there's that human being behind the email mm-hmm. address or the Twitter profile or the Google Plus profile. Yeah. And so it's 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 making that human connection.
1: Yeah. So. If it's an interest, if you're an interesting person, I feel that you're an interesting or intelligent person throughout all facets of your life. When people engage people or brands, or I don't care who's sitting behind the keyboard. When you engage in all these buzzwords on a social platform, you're only presenting one facet of yourself. whatever you feel that you want to promote, whatever your best light is, but you know what? They don't necessarily see everything else that goes on behind the scenes, mm. but It's funny for as long as I've been in tech, I have a, I'm a huge people watcher and I feel that it's important to connect and embrace and communicate with the entire person. So sometimes I'll make a business contact and they'll be thrown off because they'll be like, be like, how'd your kid doing his baseball playoff? And they're like, I thought we were talking about business. I'm like, yeah, but I'm interested in you as a person, not just the little facet that, you know, can pay me money. So I think that it's a very interesting In very counterintuitive way, because we're so driven by numbers and ROI and, you know, clicks and shares online that we forget that there are people behind the keyboard. And I think as long as you keep that perspective, um, experiences can be a lot more fulfilling online.
0: A lot of our audience have many relationships now and, of course, would gain more by engaging online. And as we've discussed, you maintain a really large following what strategies do you use to keep those genuine connections going with such large numbers of people?
1: Well, I'm going to be smart, snarky and say coffee, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what it is? It, it's funny because I'm forever in search of the perfect con, uh, contact management system. And I have not found one yet.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: uh, it's just forever. Um, But a lot of what it is, it's repetitiveness, and I actually take notes. So some people that I communicate with, I'll know them across multiple platforms, but a lot of them I try to um, make some type of connection with. I I try to remember them. I I pay attention to when their birthdays come around in Facebook and try to use that as a reconnecting uh, mechanism. And Mm. I kind of try to pick 10 to 20 a week of people that I've never that I'm connected to in that soft connection way. And I try to reach out to them. One thing that I do every once in a while on Facebook specifically, and I do it on LinkedIn, um, when you bring up your page and you'll see, you know, you're friends with these people and those pictures, those eight pictures or whatever, kind of rotate out on however Facebook's, you know, super secret algorithm works. Sure. And pictures will pop up and I'll go, Oh, I remember her. I met her at a conference three years ago and I haven't really chatted with her. And I use that as a prompt and I'll, you know, chatter up and i'll be like hey stephanie how are you i haven't talked to you in a long time oh wow it's a little hard to do the memory thing all the time of where i might have met but it's easy enough to find their names on there and just say hey how are you what have you been up to that's all and i just try to do that maybe you know at least a dozen times a week real quick conversations not everybody chats back maybe they're busy but i try to extend that out as much as possible
0: it It sounds like you know all those things you just mentioned of being really intentional about it and being the person who maybe takes that first step. And I think a lot of us see opportunities like that online, but we don't necess- we're not necessarily willing to take that first step and engage and just ask a question and ask how someone's doing. And uh, you know we would do that in real life, but we don't think about doing that online all the time,
1: right. Or we only do it online when we search and we need something or need information, and a certain pe- person, dings for that information and we get Mm. oh we're going to call carl now because he knows how to do x y and z well you know what i probably should have been keeping in touch with them a little bit ahead of time even if it's something as simple as going to their feed or wherever they're communicating online and liking something just kind of like as a wink and say hello i'm still here i'm looking at you i pay attention to you i Mm -hmm. you know i Oh, the movie Avatar is really big in my house. My kids are 5 and 11,
0: um, mm. the James
1: Cameron version. Yep. And uh, there's this thing in there where they always say, I see you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And,
1: you know, I kind of do that. I plus just I, I, I plus one and like the death out of things because I want people to understand that they're seen and acknowledged and um, focused on online. And so I kind of just go through and do that kind of quick drive-by stuff, too. But it keeps them top of mind and keeps me top of mind as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool you did that. In fact, I noticed you had plus one something that I had posted, uh, oh, I don't know, a week or two ago after we connected online. And I was like, wow, like someone who's got a huge community online actually took the time to uh, notice something I had posted. And I, I just think it's great that you you do that and you're really intentional about that. And that I'm sure is one of the reasons that you have such a great following online. Too. I
1: hope, you know, people are brands and everybody online are so focused on growing, 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 but you know what? The care and feeding is just as important.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's really where the hard work is, is, is yes. taking care of people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't really outsource that out. It really has to be genuine. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it takes a lot of intention.
0: And it makes a big impression on people. For example, when I had emailed you, I don't know if you remember two or three weeks ago about setting up this interview, um, I had emailed a whole bunch of folks that day to set up interviews, and you were the very first person to respond. And I think your your total response time from my email was about 45 minutes. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, uh, you know, if I had as big a social... Uh, Following as you do, I sure hope that someday I'm as quick getting back to people as you are. So I just think that's great. I mean, it really sh- shows me that you have some really good systems thought through and some really good ways of uh, of handling interactions with people, which is awesome. Um, Thank you. I-, I know you have a passion for getting women involved with social media as well. Mm-hmm. Are there th- are there things that keep women leaders from getting more involved that are that are different than just some of the the, the general challenges that affect all of us and and why should women be engaging online, too?
1: Um, uh, well, I'll give you a little story first. Years ago, I can't remember how many. I'd gone up to PodCamp Boston because PodCamp, um, the founders, and and the I think she's the uh, uh, operating officer, uh, is a really dear friend of mine. Um, we kind of exchanged the Philadelphia area and the Boston. We'd swap and go to each other's events. And we were up in... Boston, sitting out on the lawn, having this impromptu, amazing round circle with like 50 women about podcasting and social media. And I asked why weren't more women involved in podcasting? Is it a technical issue? Is it, you know, what is it? And they said, well, no one's asked us. Hmm. And I was completely blown away because It comes to men will do and then ask for forgiveness or correct on the way. They'll just go and do it because it's it's just the way that it's always been done. And women will wait and see if someone asks them to indicate that they're good enough. So I've seen a lot of people will not um, put their thought. They may have very strong feelings on something or an opinion or experience, and they won't necessarily put it out. Not in an aggressive way, but in a determined and intentional way because they feel that no one has asked them for their opinion. No one asked them to do this. Hmm. So to me, in the people that I've worked with in the women that I've worked with or communicated with, um, some of the hangups are that they feel that their information or their value won't be valued or appreciated online. And there's that fear of being invisible again. Um, so that's why I'm I'm very aware of the fact that when I see women trying, and maybe they're not doing it right, or mm-hmm. you know whatever they they stumble over the technology. I think the, the fear of technology is an excuse because mm-hmm. technology is not hard now; it's bu- push button easy. It's the fear of being overlooked, I think, um, and not appreciated. Um, you can be appreciated in small, tight knit circles. Um, of co-workers or friends or family or that sort of thing, regardless of gender. But when you put things out on the social web, it is basically exposed for the entire world to critique and hate you. And it becomes a very difficult um, idea for people, I think, to kind of go forward with that idea of putting themselves out there um, for open ridicule or whatever it, it doesn't happen and, it, and if it does it's never personal so hmm. um, I work a lot with uh, women to do that I work a lot with women because now video chatting is very popular they have this fear of the video camera which I can understand to some degree mm-hmm. um, I happen to like video cameras more than anything else webcams because I only have to like I could still wear yoga pants I could just you know dress decently <laughs> right. from the waist up <laughs> it's right. awesome Um but you know, every time there's a new piece of technology, a new way to communicate or intercommunicate, um, women are natural communicators. But when it goes outside of the realm of comfort, I think it just becomes stifling. Um, and sometimes putting content on the internet is outside of the realm of comfort. They're much tighter knit in person and they just can't make that jump as easily where men are mm. like, "Ah, what the heck, I'll try it. So. Interesting,
0: interesting. Yeah, it's. I, well, I'm so grateful for the work you're doing, Lynette. It's so important for women to be just as involved, involved in uh, in new media and podcasting, and and it's. It did strike me when I started podcasting and started connecting with other people in the podcasting community and new media folks that um, there there are certainly more women than there used to be, but there still really are not enough women uh, anywhere close to what there should be. And so I'm so glad that you're doing the work you're doing and helping folks to break down some of those obstacles so they can get out there and and really provide great value and great relationships.
1: That's the hope. That's the hope. I think um, when there's more of us, um, other opportunities will... Uh, present themselves to us and that it will make um, not just the next generation because I think the women that are younger than me have a little bit better handle on this although I don't really identify with you know a 41 year old female'm I'm, I'm probably identifying more with someone half my age as far as the internet goes but mm-hmm. you know even for the experience the life experience the professional experience the leadership experience of women 5 10 15 years older than me those are the ones that I uh, feel uh, a specific affinity to to try to get them before we lose them to retirement in Florida and Boca Raton to, um, yeah. to share their experience online because that's what the younger generations, that's their mechanism of communication. And if we can't get them to communicate on the same platform, I think that that leadership and business experience will be lost. And the next generation behind me will have to learn it all again on their own and not have mentors or teachers to show them some tips and tricks along the way.
0: Before I ask my final question, what's the best way for people to connect with you online and uh, also to get your your book, uh, Google Plus for Small Businesses?
1: Okay. Uh, LynetteYoung.com has become sort of my personal professional landing page. Um, there is contact ways, emails the best, as you see. You know, email still rules. Um trying to connect with me on Google plus is actually kind of hairy because there are so many people that send me messages and oh, I choose yeah. not to turn all that off Yeah, because you just never know. Um, but it, it, it is, it's overwhelming for me. So um, email and, and such is really good through my website. And also th- I have a landing page on there for um, my book because I intend on writing others. So you can go to lynetteyoung.com slash books and you can find out all the information there that you need to purchase it.
0: Fantastic. Well, this is a question I ask a lot of guests that come on to the show because, of course, so many of the folks in our community are really looking for ways to continue to enhance and grow and to make changes. And I'm wondering what's a time that you've had a breakthrough moment in your leadership or communication skills and what did you learn about yourself?
1: Well, there's been a lot along the way. When I was in corporate life, um, it was one thing because I would work in a department of 40 You know, tech people, and I was the only woman, you know, with the exception of like the admins. Mm. Um, So that taught me a whole lot of life skills. um, Long story, I should probably actually write a book about it. Um, But just the idea of how to interact with um, just other technical people in general had nothing to do with gender. But more recently, when Google Plus first opened up, uh, was it almost two years ago at this point? I was in early, and I had, you know, I I did. I was actually pretty gender blind. I was like, well, okay, these are the the same early adopters that I see jump over to every platform. So here we are, pushing buttons, breaking things, having fun, seeing how it works, seeing how it could work for us. Mm -hmm. And I had someone contact me that, and I literally had three hundred followers, and I had someone contact me and tell me I had a question, and I said, well, how do you do such and such? And they had sent me a message saying, well, you know, maybe it's too hard. You're a woman and technology's hard. Pat, pat on the top of the head.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: you know, they didn't, I don't think it was this passive aggressive type thing. They weren't outwardly saying you're an idiot, you're a woman, but, you know, poor you, maybe you should just go away. This is for technical guys. I was livid that this still existed these many decades after I had started on yet another platform because women are the dominant force on every major social media platform with the exception of Google. So it's about two o'clock in the morning, and I was drinking a glass of wine on like a Tuesday up way later than I should. And I had the inspiration for Google, women of Google. And that I used that as basically as a magnet to draw other women that were coming into the platform that may come adver- uh, against some adversity hmm. to kind of grow a support system. And when I did that, I realized that it was bigger than me and that I kind of had to do what I suggested and eat my own dog food because I couldn't freak out and, 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 and lean back because other women were looking at me as, as a role model. It it will, if Lynette shrieks back from the, from that opportunity or from that situation well, then it must not be good and we should do the same. And I really felt that weight of Of leadership really on there. I mean, these women weren't saying, you know, help me figure it out. They were looking at me and saying, we will do as you do. Mm. And I've never had that happen. A million and a half people follow me on that platform. I've never had that happen in my offline life. And it's trickled over actually. So I I kind of take that into heart when I go places and I speak at conferences and other women ask me for um, information or advice. And I really realize that I have to lead by example and not by what I say. So that's been the biggest shift. And that was only two years ago. I mean, and I'm well into my career at this point. So I I think you can have pivotal moments every, every time. It doesn't matter.
0: Lynette Young is a social technology specialist and the author of the book, Google Plus for Small Businesses. Lynette, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Hopefully this has gotten you thinking about some things you could do to enhance your professional network online. And if you'd like to engage in comments, questions, or feedback for me or Lynette, please go to coachingforleaders.com 82. And that will take you to the show notes page. At the very bottom of the page is the place that you can add in comments, questions, feedback, I will jump in and join the conversation and uh, let it may as well. So be sure to go there. If you'd like to call in feedback, the listener, our community listener hotline is 94938LEARN. And you can always email me at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. But even if you don't do any of those things, can I challenge you to do one thing this week? And that would be to show up. I say show up because it relates exactly to what Lynette has been talking about through this whole episode. It relates to one of my goals for this year and something I've been focused on extensively since the year began, and that is show up. Show up for people. Show up online. Show up in person. Have interactions. And I say that because this is something I'm working on too, and it kills us online if we don't do it well, because let me tell you, here's my comfort zone. My comfort zone is to download podcasts and listen to them and never engage, never talk with anyone, never talk to the person who's hosting the show, never communicating with other members of that community. My default setting is when I read a blog post on the internet is not to say anything, not to share it on Facebook, not to talk to the author about it. Um, when I see something cool online, uh, I will uh, maybe send it to a friend, but I never interact with the person who creates it. And that's what I used to do. But what I've been doing this year is I've been spending a lot more time interacting with the people that I listen to and that I connect with and that I want to learn from and to further my conversations with. It's so easy to be passive in life. That's simple. Any of us can do that. And in fact, most people do. So here's my challenge to you and my ongoing challenge to myself. Show up. So whether you hop on this week and get on to LinkedIn for the first time and interact a little bit or set up a profile, or maybe you try out Google Plus and check out what Lynette's doing and follow her and just send her a thank you for being on the show today. Or maybe you uh, check out one of the podcasts you listen to and drop an email to the person who hosts that show. Uh, whether it's me or someone else. And maybe you read an article on the internet that's helpful to you this week. And rather than just taking that knowledge and thinking about what you might do with it, you send an email to the author and tell them what it is that was beneficial to you and how did it help you out. This is something that I have to coach myself on all the time because it's not good enough to just stand back and listen and read. That's mediocrity. If we want to be better, if we want to be leaders that can really develop great professional networks online, then we need to show up. And I don't just mean physically show up. I mean, show up and interact with people. So my goal is to continue to do that this year. And I am doing that each week on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Google Plus, And oh, by the way, in person too. You can do this in person just as well. As you can online. And in fact, if you're not doing this in person, you may even want to start there. If you go to a great workshop, if you see someone who does a fantastic job, don't just walk out and think, oh, great job. Go up and talk to that person. Tell them what they did that was good. Introduce yourself. Build that connection. Thank them. Give that gratitude. If you'll show up that way, then you will take what's in this episode and you will enhance your professional network, and you also make the world a better place. And if you will do that, then the episode today, the time that Lynette and I spend talking to each other, is going to change the world. And that's ultimately what I'm after. And hey, speaking of showing up, thank you so much for all of you who joined me for the first Coaching for Leaders Live webinar last week. I was just thrilled that about 20 people, a little over 20 people, registered for the webinar, and we had, I think, 12 or 13 that actually were able to join online. We had a few people who weren't able to make it either uh, planned absences or uh, last minute couldn't make it after all. Uh, you know I was just so thrilled to have all of you online, to interact with you. Uh, What a great uh, blessing for me, and I just feel honored every single week to be able to come to you, to provide you with something that uh, hopefully will be of value to you. And to have so many people jump online for the very first webinar, I can't tell you how thrilled I was. And I do plan to do more, so please stay tuned. And again, if you want to stay tuned, certainly on the show here, but you can also hop on to the uh, weekly articles, and I'll keep you informed there, and I'll give you a heads up on how to do that here in just a moment. Uh, Before I let you go, thank you very much to Mary Wilson. Thank you to Rahal Mukherjee. JW Bergman, Ben Foreman, Stephanie Lin, Marty Vital, Tristan Cromar, Jenny Bradish, Usama Sakut, Yusik Belize, Sapi Tith, and Mike Thomas. Thank you so much for hopping on to either Twitter. Facebook, or Google Plus this week and connecting with me. Hey, if you would like to stay connected as well online and show up with me, you can do that by going to coachingforleaders.com slash Twitter slash Facebook or slash Plus, whichever one of those is best for you. Hey, here's a quote for you for this week. I never teach my pupils. I only attempt to provide the conditions in which they can learn. Albert Einstein. Something to think about for all of us who are wanting to lead and help others learn. Hey, if you'd like a midweek booster shot every week uh, for an article that will help you to lead and communicate more effectively, I send out an article every week. Go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe and have a great week, everyone. Remember, show up somewhere this week. Take care.